0: It's Ty Power's Bigfooty Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Tyre Power's Bigfooty Final Sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. It's time to cast off on a new adventure.
1: This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. For BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich to celebrate the 150th anniversary of BF Goodrich. Get up to $150 cash back when you purchase four or more passenger or SUV tires. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you from wherever you're listening, right around the country, talking all things, the
0: great outdoors and of course fishing. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. Uh, how was the holiday? You had a nice break after after footy, and welcome back to lovely masked Victoria.
1: I've only been in Victoria for about um, 12 hours. I've had enough. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you've done it for six months. <laughs> i tell you what, there is a difference in. There's a fair difference in the temperature, and I understand why there's plenty of uh, plenty of Victorians in those sort of uh, south of the... Centre of Australia, head up north because God, it's a beautiful place. The weather incredible. Now I haven't spent a summer sort of in far north Queensland or any sort of long period of time up there, and I, I've heard that can be pretty, pretty tiresome. Uh, but that aside i tell you what, the weather just craps all over Melbourne.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I just sometimes, even after last year when we did the trip up to Cairns, Pat, after the show we filmed up there... You sometimes think to yourself, why do we live here in winter in Melbourne? Because you wake up in a T-shirt, go to bed in a T-shirt. Here, when I go fishing, I literally have, through winter, two jumpers, uh, a pair of trackies and a pair of jeans over the top of them and a pair of gum boots on the feet just to try and start to keep warm because during winter, it is absolutely freezing. But speaking of the fishing side of things, you managed to well, that, catch a few fish mate, up in we- Noosa? Mate,
1: we drive past the grey nomads, they've got their 200 series land cruisers and they've got their caravan caravans that are 40 foot long and quite often behind that caravan is like a boat that's an added trailer, basically like a, it's a road train, just a grey nomad road train, it's quite extraordinary. <laughs> um, we had some great fishing actually in Noosa. It was it, not that it surprised me but we probably put more time into it this year than sort of previously when i've been up there and that's because dad was on the trip obviously but we've caught i can't even tell you how many brim and really good size brim right throughout that sort of estuary system um kids had a ball um you know it's it's one of those almost forgotten fisheries not if you're from around the area but because you sort of know it as that sort of surf relax tourism destination it is a bit of a a hidden treasure trove when it comes to fishing, because whether well, people get scared off by the, the the tourism side of things and how many people, but if you're into your fishing, it, it is a great place to fish with a huge amount of diversity. So we we loved our time. Um, you've had a great week on the snapper, mate. Phenomenal.
0: Yeah, no, things are really starting to heat up here, Pat. Yeah, I know I said that last week, but it's just getting better and better each day, each week. I've got some beautiful. We had the we had the long weekend last weekend, Pat, with the uh, Melbourne Cup uh, Melbourne Cup um, uh, long uh, public holiday. So it was great to see so many people on the water, and it was incredible to see how many people were on the water. It was literally jam packed. And the start of the week, I headed up offshore. Out offshore, I should say. Got a nice gummy shark, which was good. Managed to get a few good snapper out there as well. But the squid have well and truly dropped their eggs now in the areas that they do so. And I've really enjoyed catching them. They're monsters, Pat. I'm looking forward to getting you out on them now now that you're back because they are really fun to catch. And I, I... Cameron Watt, very good friend of the show, anchored up the other day on the calamari and Charlotte, his daughter, and we were fishing side by side. This is how thick they are, Pat, and how big they are. Cam's taught her how to catch her own fish, which is always great to see. Not only kids in fishing, but girls in fishing too. We love to support that as well. And she was literally dropping her jig in and... Cam taught her to let the line go. And by the time she flipped the bay arm over, she was catching two to three kilos squid, like monster squid, nearly as big as her whole torso. So they were, um, they're beautiful sized squid, all great fun to catch. But then the whiting too, even over that moon, they're really starting to get in their numbers where you don't have to be as predictable with your tides and your, and I guess the, all the elements that come into them, they're starting to get thicker and thicker and easier to catch, which is great to see. And like you said before, the snapper in the bay, uh, There are some good captures starting to get around in the bay at the moment. I fished Clifton Springs during the week, managed to get some nice fish. I fished in the really, really rough weather, which can be not anyone's cup of tea. And to be honest with you, it probably wasn't my cup of tea either. It was pretty pretty hard fishing, swinging around. But the benefit is we get fish. So I headed out and got a couple of fish, and I come straight back in. I more did it just for the work side of it.
1: So talk to me. Talk me through what are you targeting at the moment? You're picking your tides, is it time of day? What boat are
0: you using? Yeah, it's a good it's actually a good question. It's what we do on Salt Guide is basically use the elements to catch fish. So long story short, really, if you get if you get a nice southerly wind, so say for example, today's been just an example, just making it up off the top of my head here. Say it's been twenty-eight degrees today, and then all of a sudden there's a southwest change coming at three o'clock this afternoon, that water temps warmed up during the day. I'm heading out for that southwest change when that barometer's going to come up, and that's when I'm going to be fishing the snapper, as long as it's not too too windy. If I've got a say, for example, an, a northerly wind, I'm not going to be fishing the snapper in the bay. I've got no interest in it on a northerly northeasterly wind. No interest at all. I'll be either in the ocean chasing hopefully a gummy shark or a snapper or the likes, or I'll also be in the bay chasing on the ebb tide chasing some whiting or calamari also around the front because that northerly is quite protected so it's about picking the right times to fish and this is what we're trying to teach people with the show that we're on now pat and also through my salt guide avenue there it's about catching it's not about fishing we're trying to get consistency in your catching catch rate as much as possible and we talk about your dirty water if the swells up and it's blowing that northerly wind, I still will fish for whiting over snapper. And people will go, why did you do whiting two days in a row? Why don't you do something else? You gotta remember, this is my business. And this, I'm trying to teach people to fish the right species at the right time. Getting, fishing the outgoing tide. So all that dirty water gets washed out when that swell comes in and fishing that northerly, that, that water clears up. As the water goes out of the bay, it tends to clear right up on the end of that outgoing tide. So it's about doing the right things at the right time and like i said it's going to turn your fishing into catching much quicker than what it will be just consistently chasing snapper 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 snapper. because if you go out there 10 times and say for example i do 10 trips in a row on snapper I'll, i'm confident to say that i'd like to get one every single trip that and that's because i'm fishing the right times where if you did 10 days in a row as such as in in a row not 10 trips in, in, for example you're not going to have that success rate because you're just not going to be getting the elements in the effort 10 days in a row here in Victoria because Pat one day let's be honest it's all it, we had 30 odd degrees on Tuesday Melbourne Cup the next day was I think 14 degrees all in the afternoon so it changes so rapidly and it's about fishing the right place at the right time and something that I was pretty disappointed with pat during the week and i sent you a couple of videos and whatnot uh it's really crap to see this happening here in victoria and it's it's about basically fights and doing the wrong thing on the water and at boat ramp facilities and i know you were pretty disappointed too weren't you pat like to see what we've seen with the videos we've all been in lockdown and people are starting to go mad but we're finally out now we're on the we're on the way there we're on the track home we've had zero minimal cases during the week all week like people to be at the ramp fighting I know there was a stabbing during the week too at another boat ramp like it's disgusting to see that like you've got to think about other people and I know it's only a minority of people Pat there's only what one out of 10,000 people doing this but one thing that did happen was charter boats and I witnessed this I fished Melbourne on the Monday night when I say Melbourne I launched at St. Leonard's and I headed across to the Black Rock region and I witnessed 30 plus boats fishing in the marine park, smashing the snapper. Also witness charter boats in there and it is disgusting to see how many people actually are doing the wrong thing. Your thoughts on it?
1: Well, my thoughts are, yes, it's wrong, but where are fisheries to come and patrol it and police it? I think we all have a responsibility to if you see something, it's not dobbing, it's just protecting the fishery. So, r- report it, um, and I. it's, you know, clearly with the amount of boats that we've seen out and the fact that it had been, you know, well over 100 days with these severe COVID-19 lockdowns, that it was always going to be an incredibly large influx in the in the amount of people that were going to fish. And there's been some, as you said, some facilities where there's beyond full, and it's Hours literally to wait to wait in line to launch a boat, and when it comes to the fights, no fish is worth a fight. No fish is worth a stabbing. It's just incredible to see some of the the behaviour that's sort of being thrown around on social media at the moment.
0: What you just said, he sums it up, and I've seen this from numerous people. And John Willis, the bear, we have him on the show a lot, and he's got a bit of a voice in the industry. And for him to say, he, I think he even wrote a status saying, "No fish is worth what I'm seeing right now here in Melbourne." not like nah, Summed it up perfectly. It, it, and, and numerous people did uh, have done this, but one thing: the amount of people, that, and I shouldn't be picking out the, the minority that are doing the wrong thing because ninety percent of people are doing the right thing. So good on you for doing the right thing. But things are in place for a reason. Marine sanctuaries and whatnot up at Black Rock, there, Ricketts Point, wherever it is, up that that same sort of that same coastline, it links in together, where that runs right along that whole marine park. And to see, I follow a person that lives on the water up there and they posting posting photos from their balcony, and they don't even fish, saying, look at all the people at boats in the marine park. And I've got the photo on my phone now. There'd be 60, 70 boats in a marine park with charter boats in there. And for the people that actually stuck up for fisheries and whatnot, and have done the right thing, and and basically pulled these people out, it's great to see, because they're going to ruin the future fishery for everyone. But if things are getting better, Pat, we have hopefully an announcement tomorrow as a Sunday The 25-kilometre rule will be lifted. So, therefore, people will be able to travel, people will be able to... Have
1: you spoken, you've spoken to Dan, have you? You've, you've got the all clear oh, that you're announced... going to be able to go wherever you like.
0: After my gaffing with Dan, I'm surprised I'm alive right now. <laughs> but, no, I, um, he did announce that as of Sunday, that uh, as of the 8th, he'll be definitely announcing or not definitely, we'll be announcing the 25 kilometre rule. All plans went ahead and we've had a great week with no outbreaks and and the like. So I'm, I'm you would think that's going to happen. So people will be able to travel from regional to metro, which is great to see. I'll be able to see, finally be able to have my grandparents and the likes see my young child. No one's even met him yet, over half my family. And also yourself, Pat, you haven't even met my little fella yet because you've been up there. But great to see the fishing is really, really starting to shape up here in Victoria. Uh and hopefully we can get out soon and catch some fish right around the state.
1: It begs the question back to the the, the waiting times for launching your boat. Do we need better facilities or is it the fact that we've all been under lock and key the reason why we've had this, you know, whether it be bust ups or whether it be really long waiting periods of boating Facilities. Do we need better facility, or is, or is it more just this incredible set of circumstances that have contributed to it?
0: This has been an ongoing problem for a long time, and I reckon it's been the most talked about conversation on social media this week regarding the the, the fights and the, the lineups and whatnot. I think we do, especially the areas such as Caram Downs, uh, Patterson River. There, uh, that's probably. Uh, one of the biggest uh, attractions to launch your boat, especially through the snapper season because it's such a healthy snapper fishery. And I know that uh, Paul Carter, who's off the live well, he did a video uh, during the week. I'm pretty sure he had the boat on the back and he did a video basically sitting in line for two hours literally to launch his boat. Now, you've got to remember, Pat, that 25-kilometre limit was in play at the time. So these people are only in that area, like literally 25 kilometres from that ramp if they're doing the right thing also the other thing as well was the car parks weren't even full which is scary so there was plenty of places to park your trailer but there was not enough ramps to facilitate the boat traffic that needed to be in play with the amount of people type people coming in and out of the water throughout the day I'm pretty sure the video Paul was in like mid late to late afternoon like at four o'clock sort of time so he yeah it's pretty scary um to think that that's It's only going to get worse from here, especially as the snapper season go, go on. And I know for a fact that when I'm sitting here at St. Leonard's driving over on those cold days and it takes me 35 minutes to get over... I'm like, oh, crap, I've got to drive all the way over to get there. But when you think about the people that are sitting over there for two hours in their car waiting to launch the the, the boat, I know what I'd rather be doing.
1: Up next, The Social Club. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, And don't forget to download the new Real Adventures app. It has all our latest podcasts, fishing news, tips, and recipes. And if you send in a question for The Social Club to Aaron and I, you have your chance to win a Dometic CFX3 it's time to cast off on a new adventure this is real adventures with patrick dangerfield and aaron habgood for bf goodrich celebrating 150 years welcome back to real adventures for bf goodrich celebrating 150 years make sure you send in your questions to aaron or i and download the real adventures app Ask, Ask a question in the next nine next weeks. Week. Every week we're giving away a Dometic, Dometic, Dometic CFX3 ice maker model. model. They're an absolute we're ripper and we're going to give one, one away in the next couple, couple of people. minutes. One of the things that I always look down on whenever I've spent sort of time fishing in estuaries are a pontoon boats. A what a pontoon and pontoon boats. So essentially it's it's that's what it is. It's just a pontoon. With an engine on the back of it, and you take it fishing in the lakes. Now, I'd always sort of looked at it and thought, like, why this doesn't like just use a boat? Now, if speed isn't your thing, and you and I preface this with, you can get these things with sort of twin three hundreds and do hundred k's an hour. But myself and the family, we hired one um, up in Noosa, and it was a fifteen seater. And it was for the family for a day, it was unbelievably practical because the kids could run around. And the fact that they've got sort of fencing right around the boat, it, it meant that it was very much relaxed boating and fishing because you didn't worry about the kids, you know, jumping over the sides of the boat. There was far more room than what you get in, say, a, a 14 to 16 foot punt or side console which are the other sort of rentable options up there and it's definitely converted me if you're not going to go in the ocean and you, you're just going to which is, you know most of the time these sort of rented locations are there's nothing better than it we had a barbie on the side of it we spent the whole day touring around the the estuary we went up to the mouth we jumped off the side and swam in the boat and it was a couple hundred bucks like i am genuinely sold on if you're going to rent a boat in an estuary make it make it a pontoon boat It was an
0: absolute ripper you're probably not really meant to be going that fast in rivers anyway like so it fits perfectly
1: well exactly right you're not that doesn't mean people in Noosa necessarily um, listen to that because they they clearly don't <laughs> and let me tell you when we were sort of cruising around um, some of the estuary sort of waterways we we're checking out some of the real estate and everything up here it's sort of you your eight to 10 mil plus on the estuary. It's quite extraordinary. And some of the toys they have out the front of their houses, my word, dual jet skis, you've got your pontoon boat with like... There was one with twin 300 horsepower Yamahas. The thing must do 100 k's an hour. Like By the time you got it to full speed, you'd be at the other end of the the bloody estuary at Noosa. You'd be done. (laughs) I actually saw earlier in the week... Someone took it out through a bar. Through, took their pontoon boat, and it was pretty flat, but still took it out through the bar. I wouldn't necessarily condone that, but what, what's on if the trust what's them. on the front of them? Nothing, mate. There's nothing there. Just like it's, walking off the end of a pier. It's exactly our, our model was essentially it was fenced in, but like there's there's nothing to them. They're very like, very simple construction, essentially. But, unbelievable. Anyway, I've sort of taken, taken us off track a bit to the social club. Uh, first question is from Tim. Poor weather, good fishing, Aaron. You fished earlier in the week in terrible conditions.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a reason why I do that. No, the the first reason it comes down to your boat traffic, Pat. So, uh, for example, Clifton Springs is quite a heavily populated uh, boat ramp that people use and more people that fish there the harder it is to catch fish especially in the main areas as such so what I mean by that the channel the bend and so on but you're fishing rougher weather you don't have any boats I didn't I, I, there was one other boat out when I was out but in saying that it's not that nice to fish first of all you've got to be confident in yourself that fishing in 20 odd twenty plus knot of winds that you can handle the conditions obviously with my boat there no dramas whatsoever I wouldn't be doing it in a 3 metre tinny that's for sure but It handles it fine. Second of all, that having those stronger winds, Pat, it really stirs up the water and uh, snapper love that. They just do. And I was fortunate enough to get two quick fish nice and quick. So it is a good way to catch fish, but like I said, you need to be safe when you do so and make sure you can only fish to your conditions. But there's so many different ways to avoid winds too. So for example, fishing, getting offshore winds. Now, I knew that fishing that south-southwesterly wind off Clifton Springs is very, very protected. I wouldn't fish there in a due westerly or an easterly like that because it's going to be extremely rough. So, basically, be smart with your conditions. Pick your offshore weather. Even for a whiting, for example, if you fish, pick a southwest wind that's blowing 20 knots, you can tuck in close off St. Leonard's there and fish beautifully and comfortable, too, for your, for your Port Phillip Bay whiting. So it's about doing what you can do and you will catch a few good fish in the wind because the wind definitely doesn't spook the snapper off, that's for sure. Next question is from Stephen Chirkop. Will you guys be hitting the water for some Port Phillip Bay snapper this season and where is the preference to start it all off? Well, I'm going to answer that quickly, Pat. I've already done so and been fortunate enough to do so. I know you're back, but your preference to start it all off for me... Cliff, offshore first Clifton Springs Altona Black Rock area in close and then venture into Carum in the coming weeks and I'll add on to the question Pat how long do you get out there because I know you're back in Victoria now uh,
1: I'll fire up the staby this week Redmond um, and a bit different for me because we're fishing and launching off the beach boat traffic isn't really ever an issue so Basically, it's starting next week. We've got some really good weather forecast for Monday, Tuesday. I'm going
0: to hold you up there. Not wind-dependent. Not wind-dependent at all, to be honest with you. You might need to make a phone call. I thought you were the Mayor of Moggs. You might need to make a phone call to one of your colleagues of the Mayor, being the Mayor, and try and uh, work out why your boat ramp has a big thing across it that you can't <laughs> use for the moment. Because I drove past the other day.
1: Yes, we're working with uh, with Gawk, the great ocean road committee at the moment. So it's either lawn or point road
0: night at the moment, so you are right. Put a knife into your uh, story. Sorry, buddy.
1: <laughs> it, it really does hurt because that's only two minutes away from my joint, but um, it will be lawn or, or point road night. And given that it's just not heavily fished, uh, it's you know, it means it's always going to fish well. You know, as you said about boat traffic before, it just means there's far less pressure on the, on the fishery. Uh, I've got one, Redmond. Connor Budimir, would you suggest trying lures for whiting and herring or is bait always the go? Well, I think, Connor, it depends where you're fishing and what sort of whiting you're fishing for. I know in South Australia our good mate, Shane Mensforth, who's a, who's a um, friend of our show, Real Adventures, he'll often, and his son Brett, will often use poppers. Um for whiting, which is a great way to fish for them, but not necessarily for King George whiting. So sand whiting um, is quite popular with, but certainly King George whiting bait is generally the go Redman.
0: Yeah, definitely for the King George. Uh, I'm not sure about the live herring because they're quite a big fish, aren't they, Pat? It's from You would have used them up over that way.
1: Yes, but yeah, I've, I've never actually lure fished for them. And never actually targeted them, to be honest. Yeah, well, I haven't um, done a
0: lot of that either. So I'd definitely be, for me, bait for sure. And like you said, it just depends where, you, where you're from, Pat. And that's a massive – well, here's an example. A snapper uh, along the New South Wales coast up to Queensland, Queensland is highly targeted with soft plastics and uh, and uh, your hard bodies and vibes and the likes. But don't get me wrong. People get some beautiful snapper here. In Port Phillip Bay, on plastics, but majority ninety percent of people are using bait. Like I can guarantee you, there's ten thousand people chasing snapper with bait on a Saturday out of Carrum, but yet there might only be not even a not even fifty using soft plastics. So it depends where you live and what you're chasing. Uh, and the- yellow sorry
1: sorry, as the other one is yellowfin whiting. Of course, that's another popular species. Yeah, yellowfin yeah, whiting. You can target them. Yeah, yeah,
0: yellowfin whiting, sand whiting. So you can um. Yeah. same thing yeah poppers I was up in Eden last year Pat and I are walking around actually went up to Tarthra for the day and we were fortunate enough to throw some poppers into the shallows there and we got some beautiful sand whiting on these little poppers, but also what worked uh, was just little little soft plastics as well. so like I said, depends where you live and how you're going to target your fish. Speak to your local tackle store pat because that's exactly what I did when I was up in Marimbula. We we're in Eden we had through Marimbula to get the Tarthra and the tackle the, uh, it was actually a complete angler at the time. Uh, where we went to and they point me in the right direction so that's a great way to learn an area that, you, that you're new to Pat
1: uh, our winner then Redmond I'm thinking that's Connor great question around using lures or using bait congratulations mate you have won yourself a Dometic CFX3 ice maker model they're an absolute ripper give us a direct message mate and um well done she's about 1600 bucks worth so an absolute ripper good on you mate well done. that was a good question
0: too well done that's fantastic it is now time for our dream boating destination take us through just quickly you have only got a minute or so why is Grid island such a good place how do you get there and the fishing as well because i know that you did a lot of days on a boat there a couple of years ago
1: Yeah, look, I first fell in love with Crude Island when I was watching Andrew Eddinghausen, and we've had the great man ET on our show before um, talk about. group well over 10 years ago. And I always thought, um, this is you know well and truly prior to um, to, to footy being started and turning, um, you know, luckily a really good wage. This was sort of when I was 12, 14. Oh, it was always a dream location, like how amazing would that be? And then I had the opportunity in 20, uh, 2011, I think it was 2012, uh, to go up there and fish through a, a mutual friend and one of our, my ex-Adelaide coaches. Um, and upon arriving there, it's about an hour and sort of 20 minutes flight out of Darwin. It is one of the the most picturesque fishing destinations in all of Australia. And the fishing is just spectacular. Whether it's billfish, sailfish, you get blue marlin up there. Sorry, black, black marlin, sorry. Um, barramundi, um, every reef species you can possibly imagine huge coral trout um it does get bloody hot so you've got to pick your times i have typically travelled there uh in october um october november and that's been a really good time to travel You're there that's well, because you have got have the choice <laughs> yeah like bundled out of finals <laughs> um but it, it, it's good because it, it does start to heat up as soon as you hit december you know the the temperatures um really start to to climb but the Groot Island Lodge there which offer fishing packages um, from three days um, onwards it's an incredible place to stay I can't recommend the place
0: enough Groot Island our dream boating destination what's next Patrick
1: It's time for a break, Redmond. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, BF Goodrich's $150 cashback offer. Visit bfgoodrich.com.au for more information and to find your nearest participating dealership. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. It's time for Red's review. Redman, you've had the boat for a little over a week now. Uh, I won't ask how many hours you've done because you've probably voided your warranty already. (laughs) Can you give us a review? Because you've taken and added some decent swell. You've obviously had some good conditions as well, but you've boated plenty of fish. You've driven some decent distances. Talk us through it.
0: The boat's an absolute weapon. It is genuinely an absolute weapon and I could not, and I'm not just saying this, I genuinely could not be happier with it. Every person that sees it just goes, jeez, how big is it? Like, it's a big six metre boat and it only is six metre, but it's chunky. The beam on it's over 2.4, Pat. It is genuinely a ripping boat to buy if you want a smaller boat in that six metre range.
1: We are, of course, talking about Aaron's new North Bank 6-metre. You've gone from a hard top to a soft top. It obviously makes it more convenient when it comes to garaging and things like that. What's it like going back to clears? It's one of the things that do frustrate me at times, but it's obviously got its advantages as well.
0: I won't lie to you. I'm yet, yet, yet to find that advantage yet. Pat, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> as I, the first day I had it was blown down. They're cheaper. <laughs> cheaper. <laughs> I went to... Uh, the other day I headed out... Um, at the, sorry. I picked it up on the Friday. I got off the ferry. I had my squid gear in the back of the boat. I literally got off the got off the car ferry. I pulled into the Queensland boat ramp with lock. Well, actually, sorry. I pulled into the uh, takeaway shore. I grabbed a, a nice uh, peri-peri roll. And we ate that out of the boat ramp. And then we... Tacked out of Queenscliff. Had this beautiful easterly wind coming straight through. I've just turned the boat to <laughs> the left slightly, had the clears down, popped my head out, and bang, copped a wave straight into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think I was annoyed. No, clears, yeah, they advantage to disadvantage It's going to be hard for me to adjust to uh, not having a hard top. And I'll be honest, like I said, we're honest on this show, and they, hard top is a magnificent thing. But one thing that I've enjoyed with it is undoing those windows and the side clear, I do not swing nowhere near as much. Fishing with a snapper during the week, the positive to come out of this boat, seriously, if you're a bay fisherman and having clears, it's not much better than it because you just don't swing. You just don't have that swing. And that swing is an absolute killer when you're chasing snapper in Port Phillip Bay. With a hard top, you're pretty much going to do 180s at times. So, like, it's nearly 360s, but... You, you do swing, don't get me wrong, but not nowhere near as much. Another good thing with it as well is visibility. Uh, you can undo your clear and pop your head out, and you've legit, when I say you've got vision, you've got vision. You're literally looking through your eyes. You're not looking through something. So with a hard top, you can't do that. And I've traveled out at night numerous times and back in, and to be able to undo that clear during the night uh, and to look through the, the, the actual... Look through the, the, the U, we'll call it, the, and to look out, you can see really, really well. With clears, uh, sorry, with a hard top, it can be a pain in the backside with lights and the like reflecting off the window and stuff. So that can be a little bit annoying, but a hard top is a great thing as well. So they've both got their positives and they've both got their negatives. One of the big
1: pieces of this boat, one of the big important parts of it was the helm setup and the dash, and you've gone with um, twin screens and both through mounted have you been happy with how they've performed
0: the uh the 10 inch garments i've got in the in the in the dash are magnificent uh i will never i was contemplating i couldn't actually fit a bigger screen in, but at the time before i knew that i was thinking about just getting a single 16 i know you and i have our, have our arguments here but having the the, the two screens is magnificent especially on the snapper I just tap on the screen of the sonar with the snapper I mark up and it pops on the other screen and I'm just pressing one button I don't need to fiddle in and out of screens and do the like so I highly recommend the two screens uh, if you can't get a big a big unit if that makes sense into your dash if you can't get a 16 or a 22 like you you were looking at but it's magnificent, the through-hull transducer. Pat, I'll send you a photo. I actually haven't sent it to you after the show. Sitting at 70 kilometres an hour, and I have perfect bottom with my through-hull transducer. I can see the bottom as clear as day, travelling at speed. It's incredible, the difference between a through-hull to a transom mount, and I, I think it's the new thing. Not, I know I know it's been around for a long time, but I don't think you'd go any other way. Uh, it's magnificent to have it.
1: You put a huge amount of thought into the stainless work that you've done on this boat. You've obviously got the rocket launcher set up, but what you've also got uh, off each gunnel, both port and starboard, is I think it's six rod holders on each side. So you've got a huge amount of storage for rods. Is that purely for tune, or are you using that day-to-day whiting, snapper, etc.?
0: Yeah, so it's a good point. Now, on the, uh, on the Monday, uh, last well, early in the week last week, I headed out and um, I had a, uh, took a friend of mine out and his dad that was good family friends of mine and they just moved. Well, his the son, Mitch, who's a good friend of mine through Korea, just moved back here and he wanted to go out and sort of have an all-day all day fishing day. Now, I had to take, we chased the gummies, the snapper, the whiting, the squid. To be able to put all those boats in the combing racks up the side and travel, and rather than having them leaning back, leaning down, and rattling on your rod holders at the back, your, your snapper axe is just awesome. One thing I do need to do, which I'm going to sort out, is I need. I've only got I think it's it might be six or eight up the top on my actual um, on the stainless work up the top. So on the rod holders at the top. So I need to probably I'm going to add a few more in there to travel with them out of the way. But I don't like travelling with my lighter rods in the rod holders at the top anyway, Pat, because they do bounce out. But overall, the Merc one seven five. Oh, sorry, you want to ask something? Yeah, that happened to me.
1: I lost two really beautiful Stradic three thousands by having and re, on really light rods. Literally, this was in South Australia. So this is a few years ago now. Um, bounced them out, and I was. Like, what? I end up blaming dad. I'm like, where did you put the rods? It's like I haven't touched the rods. I'm like, yeah, I pop. I put them in the rocket launcher they're in the gulf somewhere
0: yeah it's an expensive uh, it's an expensive uh, trip if you lose two of the, <laughs> two of those absolutely it is but like to give you a review on this whole boat from the trailer being easy tow, like it just does its job it's it's an awesome high quality trailer it sits low i reckon i'm going to lose uh, use less fuel sorry pat
1: uh squid uh of a is it a skid trailer
0: so I've got uh, yeah, skids and then it goes into two rollers to guide you at the front because I'm not that good at driving boats. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> 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 no, nah, just to guide you on, to straighten you up a bit. And uh, the quality of an easy tow, you know what it is. It's as good as it gets, let's be honest. Then it goes into the engine. I've got a 175 Merc. Now, I do need to do a bit of a prop work onto it, which I did know leading into picking up the boat. Uh, Andrew from Melbourne Marine Center said to me, I'll, I'll give you the boat. But don't break my prop because we need to change it so i'm only getting about 5200 revs at trimming it out which i want to get around 5.8 and the new v6 mercs don't rev out that much because anything over 5.8 you're actually just blowing fuel you're not actually getting any more performance so that's another aspect to it as well but that engine is i i i, said, I actually had an instagram story and you you're seeing the sound of it when it takes off pat it's beautiful to listen to extremely quiet when you start it to be honest with you too many times I've already turned it on thinking it's already off but it's actually on still (laughs) don't tell Andrew from Melbourne Marine that because he'll think I broke the engine and just the fit out from top to bottom from the spotlights just to the combing racks on the side of the boat to my pipe everything's just neat and everyone that looks at the boat go jeez it's just neat like there's no it's just neat everything's just worked on this boat and that's a massive credit to the guys at Melbourne Marine because they could have rushed it to get it out because I was putting pressure on them I'll be honest because I have work and and the likes so I just want to give a big rap to the guys at Melbourne Marine Centre Andrew and his team especially Adam, who did the fit out on the screens because I think his, his bum might have been uh, waddling a bit as he was cutting into those two ten 10-inch dashes there with about a centimetre to play with patting the glasswork. <laughs> so poor Adam. But everything has gone extremely well from the winch and I cannot be any happier with the 6-metre North Bank. So you will see me on the water in that, catching pretty much everything I possibly can target.
1: For more information on Aaron's 6-metre North Bank, head to northbank.com.au. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich celebrating 150 years. It's time for Red's Tip and heading into Christmas, Redmond. It is the crazy period in any normal year as we head into November, but Everything this year has changed with the COVID-19 and the pressure that everyone, both manufacturing um, and and your local stores are under. Everything is taking a huge amount longer if you're ordering it online. So the tip this week is pretty simple. It's get your ass into gear. If you're into your fishing and you want to place orders now, either go in store and pick it up or if you're going to leave it to the last minute a week or two weeks before Christmas, it is going to be way too late because I've done a few orders sort of this week. I've ordered a few board racks for the, the Shed As and it's, it's going to take three weeks to get in. Normally, it's three days, but with the pressure that everything's under Australia Post, good luck to that new CEO taking that job. Everything is going to take a huge amount longer and the same thing for when it comes to servicing.
0: Spot on. And one of well, my best mate, Daniel, he works at Geelong Marine World there, and they are struggling to get parts in just because everything it's, – it's 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 phenomenal that this year because people haven't been allowed to, to leave Victoria. The caravan industry and the boating industry have boomed because people are going to be – they're ready to stay here and to do what they've got to do. So get your servicing in early because – you're going to be waiting for things. It's going to take weeks on end. And I know the boys there, Geelong Marine World there, they're, they're, they're booked out to the max. I know speaking to Andrew, he said to me with the Garmin, get in early because you can't even get Garmin gear into the country. Like, everything is on back order to the max. So preparing for oh, – I know, what are we on? Not even in mid-November yet, but – start getting your stuff ordered because potentially you might not even have it for christmas with you pat because it is getting like oh, i know that you're waiting like you said for cupboards just for the shit and you can't even get them in where it used to be like a two or three day turnaround so get in early get your boat service before it gets too late because i know in the next few weeks when people take that six-week break off as such around that Christmas period. If your boat's not going to be serviced properly, I know people are still going to take him out and there's going to be issues. And I've already towed two people back this uh, in the last last couple of months. I've already towed two people back to the ramp trying to do the right thing. Not that I'm complaining about doing that, but if we can avoid doing that as much as possible, book in now and get your service done as soon as possible at your dealership.
1: That's Red's tip for the week. It's time for the Flying Gaff, and As is going to take this one this week. It's quite simple. Off the back of some incredibly sort of dangerous scenes that we've seen at boat ramps, fishing is one of the things that should unite people. You should discuss the catch that you have, where you've been fishing, fish with your mates, enjoy the time together. When you're at the boat ramp, you check each other's boats out, you talk about the performance of hulls, the performance of motors, where you fished, how you went. It's a great sort of communal spot to meet and enjoy each other's company that all share a passion
0: that is fishing and boating but at the moment as it's not that as my friend adam sandler says happy place it should be your happy place so go down there enjoy it, it i don't want to i don't want to be down there with my young finn as he gets older and you're down there with george and he witnesses a punch on down the ramp if everyone waits patiently in line does the right thing then it's, nothing's going to happen. Say good day to you, mate. I speak to that many people down the ramp. People jump in the boat. Have a look. Enjoy it. Oh, how'd you go, mate? Yeah, good. Got some white in. How'd you go? Nah, crap. I caught nothing. Enjoy what we have for the time that we've got now because... We've gone through a crap time through COVID. I know people are angry and frustrated, but we're out. We are on, we are out. So let's enjoy what we've got for the summer to come. It's going to be a cracking year in Victoria. I know that I'm helping everyone down there. I know that yourself, Pat, will have the time for everyone down there. Stay safe. You've been listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich celebrating 150 years. Pat and I will see you on the water very soon.